Hello, Cincinnati and the rest of the world. You are watching and listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. My name is Mike Cisneros. I will be your master of ceremonies this evening for this wonderful excursion of about an hour, an hour and a half, depending on uh, how we feel. And joining us tonight, as always, is our resident beer blogger extraordinaire, the Gnarly Gnome. Gnarly Gnome, greetings. Thank you. It's good to be back. And joining us on my right, uh, to my far right, is the queen of Cincinnati craft beer commentary, the one, the only, the teacher, Miss Tina Cisneros. Tina, ahoy, ahoy. Ahoy, ahoy. And to my immediate right is our social media director, and she's going to be plying her lovely little fingers over all of the Twitters and interwebs and Facebooks and so forth and so forth. Miss Angie Cisneros. Angie, what up? Howdy. And we have a great show tonight. Uh, we are continuing our homebrewing month. And joining us tonight, uh, f- first of all, from the uh, Northern Kentucky Homebrewers Guild, we've got Eddie Unterreiner. That's it. You hey, it. man, Very I good. got it right. Killed it. And uh, John Covey. Yes. Good evening, sirs. How you doing? And joining us from the Bloterian Brewing League, which is on the, which is on the north side of the river, is a man, another, another anonymous... <laughs> Hark, Johnny. Hark, welcome to this program. Jaib, hello, everybody. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk the beer clubs. Uh, there's a few more around town. There's uh, there's uh, malt infusers, and there's a couple up farther north in Fairfield and so forth and so on. But we're going to talk about the – what what – and, and I'll just start it with a question before we really start drinking any beer. Uh, and and what – each one of you can let me know what you think it is that someone, whether you're an experienced home brewer and you've been doing it for a while, or whether you're somebody just getting into the hobby, can get out of joining a home brewing club. Uh, experience? Help? You know, that's what we do a lot is – Try to bring in guys that have tons of experience or no experience, little experience, and just everybody can feed off of each other. I mean, that's the main goal besides, you know, drinking a bunch of beer and hanging out <laughs> is uh, <laughs> is uh, helping each other learn. And, you know, you get a lot of judges that way, a lot of people tasting your beer. And it's just uh, the cumulative knowledge base of having so many brewers with various backgrounds Uh, you get a lot of diversity many people do it a lot of different ways there's so many different ways to make beer and so many different processes and you know all the DIY equipment you know the the things that people rig up and and engineer you know to do things you might not otherwise see if you're not a part of a club or if you're not a part of a group of brewers getting together Uh, and that's the that's the thing that we focus on is you know seeing the process from a lot of different angles and getting a lot of information yeah, the, the, the feedback nature of it is, is really important, too, I think. Yep. Um, you know, the camaraderie, uh, community, idea of being in a club, uh, it, it's, it's an accepting thing. But the first time I ever went, um, I didn't know anything about homebrewing. I had done it once, and it was uh, something Listerman's talked me into. And I said, okay, I'll come down here. And, you know, the first thing that happened when I walked in the door was somebody handed me a beer. <laughs> so, There's something wrong with that. No, there was nothing wrong with that. It was an easy way to come back. Uh, but yeah, exactly. You you go around to brew outs, uh, which these NKY guys are killer at. Um, they do it much better than the Blotarians do. I will fully admit that. And not a competition. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, you get to go around and you get to check out everybody else's equipment and ask questions and just learn by doing. And that's that's a fantastic nature of of the whole thing. What 
what's the what's the weirdest I don't know what's the weirdest piece of equipment you've ever seen, or what's the what's the kind what you know what's something that that you know you've come across that either maybe there's something that's sold already on the market that does does the job, but somebody else had a more elegant solution, or just the you know weirdest means to an end. Is there a lot of is there a lot of Rube Goldberg type stuff going on? Or absolutely, uh, you'd be amazed at the the number of things that you can find that apply to homebrewing in Ace Hardware or Lowe's. You're just hardware store. You can adapt just about anything. Um, my one of my favorite is the the nylon paint straining bags. Uh, to use as hop bags instead of the you know more expensive stainless ones which are wonderful um, but you can go pick a couple of those up for five dollars you know just clamp them to the side of your boil kettle blowing the boil and you're just going to keep a lot of that trub sediment out from uh, getting in your fermenter which isn't necessarily a bad thing but uh, it can definitely help when you're doing big hoppy beers with a ton of hops in them uh, but yeah i mean you can you can see all kinds of things from uh, uh, three tier 12 foot high you know you go to some places i've seen a guy climbing up a 10 foot ladder you know to, to get up to his hot liquor ton um somebody that you guys know evan rouse uh when he started out he had quite the uh the large we called it the widow maker because uh, he also had to climb up uh, a moderately sized ladder <laughs> to get to the top of it so yeah you'll you'll see all kinds of things so what are what are some of the other names for people's brew systems just out of curiosity any fun ones uh, overcompensator. Uh, we've got <laughs> we've got one of those that we've nicknamed. We have some engineer friends that, that uh, they get more into building their rigs, I think, than brewing beer half the time. <laughs> it's just the the battle is constant with bigger, better, more automated. Sometimes I don't know. Uh, but as far as names, I don't know if anybody really has. A widowmaker, overcompensator. <laughs> those are the two main it's just ones other that people we make throw around. Fun of your, yeah. Right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know that we've had anybody name their system. In our, at least if they have, I don't know of it. Yeah, it's kind of it's one of those things. You don't get to name your system. It's just somebody, <laughs> somebody just comes does yeah, it for you. Exactly. <laughs> I, you know, when we when we started this month and, and and first talked, we talked to a couple of home brewers, Adam Stone and uh, Shane Brammer, uh, and and we kind of called home brewing, I guess, craft beers minor league, craft beers triple A system. So. Do you guys, I mean, do you guys see people that, you know, when they, I mean, Evan Rouse is the obvious example, but I'm sure you guys have all seen somebody that has, that has come in and, and you've looked at them and said, that guy right there, you know, has got something. Or has anybody ever told any of you guys, hey, you know, what you need to make this a career or you need to turn, turn this into a, into profit or something, anything like that? I mean, I think every home brewer has been asked, <laughs> when are you going pro? Really? And, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and anytime yeah. you share a beer with somebody that and they they like what you've given them, I mean, whether it's family, um, your neighbor, your co co employee, whatever it is, you know, there, it seems like that question always comes up. I don't know why, but yep, um, I've not so, really considered so, it. So but. that's and that's the question then for me is like, well, what is it about home brewing that t to you guys makes it so different than deciding to do it? you know, full time and going pro with it and going uh, all in. Is it, is it, a, it's is it a, a money lot issue safer yeah, <laughs> financially exactly. to just do it at home? Uh, you know, yeah, there's a huge risk. It's a, it's a big step. It's probably a lot of guys dream in life, mm -hmm. you know, loving to brew beer to do it professionally. But you know, a lot of us have to just take a look <laughs> at what's reality. Right. And, you know, I, I mean, you might make one beer that's fantastic and, 
you know, you can't bring that into the professional side just to having one beer. And then, right. Yeah, there's just a lot behind it. I think, I mean, there's a lot of guys that may have great beers and even they started out with not, you know, and, and, and the aspiration might just be, let me be one of the best in the club or let me win, you know, competitions and win that. I mean, if I was to win like a best of show at a homebrew competition, that would be beyond what I would ever imagine out of my beer. Right. It's pretty I, amazing. I, <laughs> not bragging at all, right? No. <laughs> I, I, I almost liken it. I, I mean, I think about it in the terms maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong, of something like golf. I mean, I'm a, I like to play golf. I'm not very good. You can spend thousands of dollars on golf equipment like you can spend thousands of dollars on brewing equipment and not really get that much better. <laughs> you oh, know? yeah, that's, I mean, that's I mean, true. You, you know, you can, you can throw a lot of equipment at yeah. a lot of different you know, endeavors and not really get that much better. It's actually uh, a really good analogy. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, you know, and I'd love to play professional golf, but you know, it's not happening. I'm, you know, for whatever reason, and there's a lot of different reasons. Sometimes you don't have the mental capacity. Sometimes you just don't have the shot making ability. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, so, and, and do you guys see that? And and, and sometimes it's hard for guys to admit that, or is or are there are some guys that talk about going pro that that. You go, well, wow, wait a minute, man. Don't Or some guys that never think that they should try to make a living out of it. Right. That, wanted, that, that you say, wow, I don't understand why that guy doesn't. Yeah, there, I mean, we've got a lot of tinkers, myself included, and I've, I've fallen victim to the, you know, I need this, I need this thing, I need this. This is shiny, this is great, this is new, yeah. um, and whatever. But, and you're right, it's not, all, not always going to help you brew better beer. Um, you have to have a really firm grasp of the basics of your ingredients, how to use them. Uh, and the basic equipment, just the basic process of brewing beer, and, and I think it's it's really advisable to get that baseline down, even if you're just doing something like brewing the bag, which is a very very simple methodology of brewing, uh, but can produce fantastic quality beer with you know very minimal equipment um, or even extract. You know, it's a great way to get your feet wet. Um, I think that focus on the process, the focus on the ingredients, and the focus on just knowing what you're doing uh, is far more beneficial, at least in my experience, than just throwing equipment at, at the problem when it's not the solution. Right, right, right. Well, listen, uh, I think we've talked long enough, about 10 minutes here. I think it's time for us to get into some of the stuff that we brought uh, tonight. Uh, uh, so we'll go. Some of the stuff? Yeah, some of the stuff. It's right in front of you. Yeah, but I'm trying to hit uh, this thing here, and somebody—that's because I've got your potted down. I know you do. Here, I'll from the beer fridge. And the first one that we're going to try tonight is the stuff, and this is the uh, triple digit uh, Listerman, uh, Listerman triple digit Hoppin' Frog uh, collaboration, uh, an Imperial Stout. And uh, with all kinds of stuff, with all it. kinds of stuff <laughs> in it. What's some of the stuff that went into it? I'm, I'm, you've I'm, got the bottle I'm, in front of you. I know there's unaware. some cinnamon and some peppers, and um, uh, it doesn't really does it yeah, say it does. It's on the front, underneath of the I word can't read stuff. that even with Here, my glasses, for Christ's sake. Here, I'll read it chocolate, vanilla bean, cinnamon, and peppers. Let's hit it. Let's hit some of that stuff. Chocolate and vanilla. A couple glasses. Yeah. What is what is what's 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 really popular with the home brewers? What what do guys? Is it anything and everything? Is it some stuff that's, you know, is there some stuff that's a little bit more popular? Is it, it you know, do guys want to come out of the? Do you find sometimes guys want to come out of the gate brewing a triple IPA and it's not really the best 
thing for people to start with? I mean, I think most guys start off as simple as possible in order to not screw up uh-huh. a beer, you know? Right. Um, but sure, everybody wants to experiment. That's part of the fun in it is, is doing what, what did most? Of I mean, what did each one of you guys start with? Uh, I, I mean, when I did one, it, the one time, the one and only time I ever did it, it was a brown ale. I think so. Yeah, Our very first beer was a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale clone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We brewed okay. something we like yeah. to drink, and that's what I think you see a lot of. Uh, is the more craft beer explodes and the more people experiment and you know taste um, and start buying beer at the shelves, going to breweries and, and seeing the processes and get interested in actual beer making, uh, is they find that beer that they latch on to, whether it's the one they go to the most or one that left uh, an impression with them. And oh, I want to brew something like that. So they'll go out and try and find a clone recipe or you know use one of the books that's got a lot of great recipes or you know just go ahead and take a stab at it and develop your own, um, which is kind of what we did right out of the bat. Um, but that's, that's kind of the fun, fun part about it. But I think a lot of it, I see is just you know what kind of got guys into it they want to they want to replicate something that they know is good and they like because they have a really good comparison point they know that beer really well and if they brew it and there's differences they're probably going to taste them they're probably going to smell them they're probably going to see them because they know that beer so well well why don't you gentlemen uh, take a pull on the uh, stuff here and um, I think it's uh, lots of cinnamon really there's a lot going on there boy Again, this kind of this kind of beer, I always get like a raisin pruny, uh, plummy sort of aroma, like prunes, like like fruitcake almost. Yeah, yeah. I catch a lot of cinnamon for sure. I feel that like spiciness on my tongue, and I don't like it. I don't like peppers <laughs> in my beer. But I, it doesn't have. I as think m- it's. I think it's well done as far as peppers go. It's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have as much as some other beers that I've had, that really. There's just something overpack about it that doesn't do it peppers. for me. I like peppers in general, but. Pretty mild on the beer. back. Yeah. It was. It's, it's, it like it's a, a fleeting, lot more a fleeting thought of the pepper. And a lot more mild than I thought it was going to be. There's not like any kind of big flavor that jumps out like you usually expect from they, triple they digit. They were. They were actually asking people over on Twitter and Facebook to bring bags of peppers to the brewery (laughs) (laughs) so that they could put, you have enough peppers to put into the, into this beer. So, and it's, it's tricky with pepper beers uh, because there's a a pretty fine line and they, you know, Andy's uh, a pretty big fan of the pepper beers. So uh, yeah, there's a fine line. You can, you can go so far to the point where it just overwhelms it. And, and, you know, it's, it's a little bit harder in a big style like this. Um, but yeah, it's it's can be a delicate balance. I pick up a lot more of the cinnamon first. It's, it's cinnamon mm-hmm. and aroma and flavor, and then, um, like you said, you get some of that pruny, raisiny flavor. Um, I got more vanilla on the finish. I was say, mm-hmm. is there, uh, it said vanilla, but I don't really pick up any any pepper heat. You get a, just a but little bit on the, on, the, on the finish on yeah, the wash, just, just uh, and it just kind of fades away pretty quick. But uh. all in all, gentlemen, what do you think? Not bad, good. You like it? I'd like it. I'd drink it again. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Well, pass it around. We'll have a little bit more. And then, Thanks uh, for sharing. Yeah, no problem. That's uh, that's on Gnome. Well, Gnome also brought uh, something else. What else did you bring? Um, Blood Orange Psychopathy. Ooh, which Very is in nice. the growler over there, Tina. Miss oh. cool. Tina is going to uh, perform her part of her duties as the uh, Queen of Cincy Craft Beer Commentary with uh, the, um, the procuring of the... 
drinks and the hardware for drinks thereof. This is proof that we're really drinking on this show, <laughs> folks. This is I don't believe you. Huh? I don't believe you. They don't believe me? I don't believe Do we have any, do we have any questions out there? Uh, around. From, we uh, we we already received a little bit of shit for not having the other homebrew clubs on here, but no. Well, uh, I I will say that uh, we did invite the uh, we did back? invite the uh, malt infusers. Uh, I did not hear back from them, so uh, I mean I did hear back from them somewhat, but it, it may not have been. Uh, uh, <laughs> Some classes any more classes? <laughs> we may not have been. A, they may not have been able. Can to you have more there. fun with your clothes on? I don't think so. <laughs> hey, thanks, Dan. That's that's Dan why Lister. I keep you potted down. Dan Listerman, everybody. <laughs> hey, Dan. We've got more from him later. Well, you know, if that dog wasn't there, put it on him. All right, pass that jug around. This is again is the blood orange psychopathy. Yes, from Mad Tree, of course. What's, What's that? Uh, what do you guys think is a difficult uh, ingredient for homebrewers to work with? Uh, you know, something that's maybe like almost a graduate degree, if you will, or is there anything that's is there anything that's kind of somebody says, "Oh, I want to brew a beer with X," or "I want to brew a beer with Y," and you um, kind of, especially like a newcomer, and you say, eh, "Maybe you ought to try this one." Or I think this that might or, you know range in the genre of sour and wild ales. Um, you know, understanding the microbiology of yeasts, wild yeasts, bacteria, microbes, all of that. Um, you know, I think it's better to understand the just general sack yeasts first um, and get get used to fermentation right understand what yeast does and then if you really like sours move into that I know sours are coming on strong and everybody loves them but they can be done so wrong so many ways but they can be done so right so many ways so that's that that's my my guess yeah any other other thing I can maybe add to that is probably uh, like under modified malts or or partially modified that require multiple mash steps to really utilize effectively. Um, that can be a little bit trickier and and that does require a little bit uh, a little bit more control within your homebrew system to really get to these certain steps. Now, maybe we should ex maybe maybe you can explain that a little bit more. I mean, because most people think I think I think you pour. The grain into the water, it boils. It's you know, and that's your mash. So there's other, there's there's techniques where you do it twice, three times, different. Why don't you explain that for me anyway? And I'm sure there's people out there that understand it, but yeah, and and I'm definitely no expert uh, in it. But there are definitely different ranges, different temperature ranges that activate activate certain enzymes, um, and those enzymes do different things at different times. Um, you know, all the way down to, you know, your lower temperature acid rest, um, all the way up to your sac rests, which are, you know, can range anywhere from, I guess you can go from about 145 all the way up to, you know, 160. Um, 
And it really, on that range, that's what most people are dealing with. It's at 145, 160 That's a temperature range, range right? That's a temperature range, okay. right. Um, and so you want to hold that there long enough so that the enzymes activate and convert the starches to sugars. Um, and depending on where you are in that temperature range, uh, it's going to depend on how many fermentable or what percentage of fermentable sugar that you get. So normally, the higher the mash range, the, the lower ratio of fermentable sugars are higher. So you know, if you want a beer that's nice and dry, something like a Saison or a Pale, you want it to be nice and dry, you're probably going to be in the lower into the range whereas if you're brewing a stout you know uh, something big heavy you want to be a little bit sweeter you're probably going to be at the higher end of the range um, so that's that's the biggest thing and there are many wonderful books out there um, that explain that in, in very good detail uh, but yeah the the temperature range which you which you mash at uh, and hold that temperature for you know 60 90 minutes you know whatever it is most guys do uh, is really highly dependent on what happens with that beer and, and how many fermentable sugars you're going to get out of that mash let's all have a sip of the um this is really interesting I as really far as like psychopathy goes because it, it it i think the orange flavor plays down the um the the, the hop character of it somewhat that is exactly what i would say yeah, yeah i mean i was really I surprised how less bitter how less right. intense the, the hop flavors the the bitterness still comes in at the very end for me though kind of like you know like like, like, like grapefruit or something it's, like yeah, that yeah it's almost hard yeah. to distinguish it between like the bitterness of like the the rind of a of a blood of a orange citrus, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah of a I, blood orange you get a lot really of that with those IPAs that are paired with mm-hmm. citrus they make a lot I've seen a lot of commercial examples of grapefruit ones now too uh-huh, right and right. It, just those flavors just they kind of melt together right, right. really well, that hoppiness and that bitterness from that citrus. And I don't know how many people out there have actually had a blood orange or blood orange juice or anything like that, but I have, and I think it's right in there. I mean, it's totally right in the beer. I mean, it tastes really a lot like blood orange. So, I mean, yeah, it's definitely it's bright on the nose, and you, you get it through the flavor. So it is, uh, it's definitely melded nice. It's quite enjoyable. That's delicious. Agreed. Coming to you very soon at Oakley Pub and Grill, by the way. There you go. Very we got good. A keg. We're sitting on a keg. Yeah. And walking. For Halloween. Yes, blood orange for Halloween. It makes <laughs> appropriate. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, listen, you know, we're going to take a short break right now. Uh, I think we might have, do we have one more from the beer fridge or do we, uh, I don't know. Oh, well. We don't have to. We don't have to. Yeah, but it would be really great if we did. Kind of got to wrap it up. She's, full circle. It's, we've got to come full circle. Tina did a homebrew a couple of weeks ago. It's been bottled. Very first one. Her very first one. Very nice. I think and we should drink it. We will, it's appropriate. We will hit that as soon as we come it. back. <laughs> right don't here. Don't judge it. <laughs> on since like, I said, like I said, the, uh, the, the drunks from the restaurant industry thought it was good, so... Well, if there's, any, if there's any harder judges, I don't the, know. The, drunk, the drunks from the craft beer media will also be giving it a shot here in just a few <laughs> minutes on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, everybody. Mike Cisneros here. And as a craft beer lover, you want the same thing I do. The finest in handmade lagers, ales, and stouts. But do you take the time to think about whether the same care and attention has been given to the treats you feed your dog? Well, I'm here to tell you about Brewhouse Dog Bones, made from the same wholesome malted barley that you'll find in the delicious beers from many of Cincy's finest craft breweries. Brewhouse Dog Bones are handmade in small batches using just three additional natural ingredients, peanut butter, organic eggs, and brown rice flour. So you know your best friend is enjoying almost the same great craft experience that you do. 
And brew house dog bones are not only good for your dog, they're good for our community because they offer real-world training and a work co-op experience for developmentally disabled young adults ages 18 to 22 through the New Richmond, Sycamore, Marymount, and Oak Hill school districts. Brewhouse dog bones are available in the distinctive brown paper sacks with the red dog bone at some of Cincy's finest craft tap rooms, including Mount Carmel Brewing Company, Listerman Triple Digit Brewing in Cincinnati, and Old Firehouse Brewing in Williamsburg, and great pet stores like Newtown Feed and Supply and Earthwise Pet Supply in Montgomery. For more information about Brewhouse dog bones, to carry brew house in your tap room or pet store, or to find out how your school district can participate in the brew house dog bones program, just contact Lisa Graham by visiting www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with brew house dog bones. I look at I look at. Bud Light drinkers out there is a you know a forest and harvester. They're all out there and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't you don't ever hear somebody say, yeah, I used to drink that craft beer crap. But I, <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light. You don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You're listening to Cincy Brickcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Back here on Cincy Brewcast uh, with uh, Eddie Unterrider and John Covey of New Northern Kentucky Homebrewers Guild and from the Blotarian Brewing League, a.k.a. Hark Johnny. And, uh, of course, Gnarly Gnome alongside with uh, Tina and, and Angie Cisneros. And over on the couch is Nancy Cisneros enjoying a blood orange psychopathy. Uh, we're talking homebrewing clubs and more general homebrewing stuff tonight. If you have any questions, uh, Angie is standing by uh, on the Twitter and the Facebook and so forth at Cincy Brewcast. We're Cincy Brewcast on Facebook. And, of course, you can always uh, send us a reaction on Periscope if you're watching and or listening on Periscope. And we appreciate everybody that's out there joining us on Periscope. We promised before the we took the short break that we were going to be trying a brand new craft beer, <laughs> a homebrew. Handcrafted. Handcrafted from Tina Cisneros. What do you call this? Bucket Mouse. Bucket Mouse. That's right. Yeah, did, you, we, did, did you tell the story? You should tell the story of Bucket Mouse. It's not as repulsive as it sounds. Um, I was, we were brewing in the backyard and we were getting everything together and <clears throat> I found this old like bucket in the backyard. I was just like throwing stuff around and I looked inside and there was a mouse in it. And he did not look very well. Um, <laughs> he'd, been, he'd been in the bucket He's a long been in time. the bucket for a while. Um, and, you know, I knew that he didn't have much time left in this world. I don't know what happened to him. Hopefully he escaped and was just fine. But uh, I felt it should be a little homage to the bucket a, a mouse. tribute to the poor mouse in the yeah. bucket. And it is a, what's the style? It's a uh, single malt and single hop Citra IPA. Excellent. Very nice. So, Let's try it. Uh, glasses. Uh, we have some more over there. Oh, here's one. This is go easy on me, guys. Okay, please. This is, this is scary. Oh, we're going to be the most difficult <laughs> judges you've ever. Turned out pretty decent looking. Ugly. All right. Well, then. There's no there's no judging sheets out, so I'm sure you're going to be fine. <laughs> so so what did you do? Like a f all grain? Is it an extract? It's an extract. Okay. Um. Yeah. I, I don't know. And that way. Or that way. 
I don't know. I don't know what I did. <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we we boiled the water and then put uh, the extract in and boiled that for a while and then threw the hops in and then um, negative. That was it. Negative. What? There it is on the floor. Yeah, no, I was literally just writing this to her, emergency, and I was going to write down plug-in Periscope. Oh, I'm watching Periscope. Sorry, Periscope. Sorry. They've been seeing it, but they have not been hearing our studio We're feed. We're working on it. So uh, there, there's our studio feed now. Sorry, folks. Uh, the the, the Periscope, I, you guys wouldn't believe it, but the Periscope audience is a very demanding audience, by the way. <laughs> they, they, they are, the Periscope audience is the reason for all this that you're Why seeing here. So. Hey, to, to to the bucket mouse. Yeah. Cheers. I don't have any, but I don't have any either. Yeah, that's it's it. Still. No, I think you did a pretty good job. Wow. Well, <laughs> here's hoping. It doesn't taste like mouse at all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Very little mouse. <laughs> now with 100% less mouse. <laughs> you might say it tastes mousey, but no. Well, you no. Could, could dry mouse it. Yeah. Now the totally. cord. Now the cord is in the way. No, 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 now the cord no is in the way. Angela. <laughs> Thank you, Periscope. Boy. Wheels are falling off of this one way faster than usual. Again, again as I said, the the. It's the same way it happens at a homebrew gathering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. What's the beer start? The acid. <laughs> damn good. That's damn good. I mean. I told you. I, or at least that's what they told me. Yeah. I mean, you're way you're way ahead of me. The, the beer that I brewed the first time that Nancy and I ever home brewed sucked. I well, mean, it was bad. I, I, I mean, half of it was on the wall, you know, because all the <laughs> bottles blew up. Well, I mean, luckily my oh, my homebrew partner is one of the best homebrewers I know. So yes, uh, you can you can thank Shane Brammer for most of it. But um, yeah, it was just I had been talking about doing it for a really long time, and he finally like you know lit the fire under me and was like, all right. Come on, it's time may, to do this. May I have some more, please? I only brought one bomber, right. so. Well done. Uh, very, very nice for a, you know, not even for a first brew, just very nice, period. Thanks. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Wow. Keep going. Did awesome. you find a, a homebrew club yet? No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> we don't judge based on which side of the river you live That's on, right. by the okay. way. Just because it says Northern Kentucky. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Um, yeah, so. Oh, thanks, else? guys. Anything? <laughs> thanks, guys. Now, now you may be the queen of craft beer, period. No. Not just the queen of craft beer commentary. I don't. I don't know. So this 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 may be a question that'll open up some cans of worms. But trying to be as civil as possible, what separates one homebrew club from another? Location, yeah. name is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, I mean, I mean, we all do the we all do the same thing, um, and you know, the vast majority of us are friends together. We judge together. I've you known know, these guys for years. We try to help out at each other's competitions, um, you know, because you need you need people to staff that. So, you, you've got people in the homebrew club who can help judge, help steward, help volunteer, uh, and also help enter. You know, because you need to drive the funds for the uh, for the event by entering beers. So, you know. Location is the biggest yeah, I thing. I mean, the reason we're Northern Kentucky Homebrewers Guild is because the two of us just couldn't find the time to travel, you know, 45 minutes away to go to a meeting on a Thursday night. You right. know, it's just 
Was, and we did a time or two, um, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's absolutely the it's starting of the call was going, nothing yeah. against anybody else. It was just there was a need. Um, you know, a homebrew shop had just started up in Florence, and there was a lot of people saying, "Well, is there going to be a, a homebrew club in Northern Kentucky?" And so there was an email sent out. You know, from this list of I don't know, there were probably twenty people on that list, uh, and nobody ever responded. So we just drank uh, one or two only uh, homebrews in the garage one night, and came up with an idea to start a homebrew club. We were uh, completely sober, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, That's I mean there was a most lot of, the best of ideas come anyway. Yeah, I agree. Uh, there was a lot of interest, and it was just a lot of localized interest. A lot of guys from you know around the same area, so it you know it just made sense, you know, because you're more prone to be active, you're more prone to go participate when it's right up the road versus you know a little ways away, which is the beauty of having multiple clubs in multiple areas to serve that need. So you guys have been around for how four long? years in four January. Years. Yep. Okay, and then the Blotarians strikes me as being a Blotarians <laughs> actually are celebrating their 30th anniversary wow. this year. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, it started in 85. Yeah. So Jaip, yeah. that's the, the battle cry of the beleaguered Blotarian. Jaip, guys. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I've been in a member for about 12 years, I guess, 11 years, something like that. Um, but like I said before, it was just very inviting when I came in. Um, and we've done a lot of work to try to continue to make it inviting for, for new people to come in. And um, an average meeting, we probably see 50 to 60 attendees, um, and usually five or six are new. Um, so it's always a pretty good mix of people. Um, you know, we always try to have a good, a good program. Um, sometimes it's just tasting and just hanging out, getting together, drinking beer. Um, actually next month I'm, I'm leading a program on Brett beers and wild ales. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good time. And I'll, I'll give it to these guys um, and the malt infusers both. Uh, they, they both do a very good job of putting on programs for educational sessions on a regular basis. Um, we, we get together and brew monthly. It's just kind of how we've always done things. That's kind of what we do. So, uh, you know, whether it's shoveling 14 inches of snow out of his driveway for uh, February or my hose is all being frozen in January, we're, we're out there brewing. So that's kind of, uh, that's kind of our thing. You know that that makes us maybe just a little bit different um not better not worse but different in that we do brew pretty much every month of the year uh there's a brew out going on somewhere in northern kentucky that's neat and i think evan talked about that a little bit too last week about um the the the, the community aspect of everybody getting together and just brewing yeah. together and, and it's not even just the uh, the official monthlies you know the, the people just throw it up you know i'm brewing tonight it's wednesday night or friday night or saturday night you know i did it a few weeks ago i hadn't brewed in that was probably three months, and I just threw it out there uh, on our Facebook page to uh, to the, the guild as a whole and said, I'm brewing today, and gosh, we probably had 20, 25 people show wow. up and a ton of beer and wow. brewed beer and watched football, and it was uh, it was a fantastic day. So that's, that's one of my favorite parts. So how does somebody get started? Do they just get on the website and in see a club what, or so in, with the yeah. club uh, so with our club in particular you show up you know our uh, <laughs> we are literally just a congregation of brewers our club exists to facilitate that congregation so we don't have any dues um you know we just invite anybody if you see an event on the calendar you show up you know you come up hang up like you said you'll get a beer you know come see how things are done if you have questions we'll try to answer them um, so that's really it. You know, we invite, we try to offer if anybody wants to come out and brew with us, we've got some equipment laying around uh, that we can try to rally up. We usually can try to get somebody who's not brewing there to help, you know, if somebody wants the, an experienced brewer to sit through the brew day with them, you know, we do that. So, yeah, I mean, as far as we're concerned, go go to the website, nkyhomebrewers.org, find an event and show up, and it's really as easy as that. 
Yeah, and as far as the Blotarians, um, I don't want to say we're a little more structured, um, <laughs> but these guys, these no, I, was, I, I like the freestyle nature of, of what NKY guys are doing. Um, but it, it's just become a necessity by the growth of the club and, and events, good and bad, that have happened in the past. Um, most of the stuff way before me. Uh, but, you know, the, the club has a club system that's available for rent. Um, to come out and, and, and participate <laughs> is Blotarian.com. The events are listed on there. Uh, we've got a Facebook page, a Twitter, uh, BBL Minister. Uh, so yeah, I mean, check us out. There's always something going on. Usually, at least once a month. Uh, usually, it's a program on the third Friday of the month, and then on occasion, other other competitions such as beer and sweat or our yeah. Blotarian Open in May. So I mean, it sounds that, and I'm sure the other clubs probably are the same way that. If you're on the fence, if you say to yourself, well, you know, I don't know if, you know, I'd like to maybe try brewing, but I don't, you know, I don't know if I really feel like investing in the equipment right away, and maybe they don't know anybody that does it, that they can come out to Blotarians or you guys, or I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure the other clubs are the same, and and try it, try it before you buy it almost type of thing, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you can at least see see the process in action, and like I said, you know, there's usually a way, and I rarely have ever seen anyone told no if they want to do something, somebody usually scraps together, you know, somebody will bring a kettle, somebody will bring a tank, somebody will bring a mash done, you know, yeah. that's just kind of the way the community works. You know, if somebody wants to get into it or is interested, you know, we, we kind of rally together to do it. Um, to add on to that, yeah, CMI does a monthly as well. Uh, what I think the perfect scenario is just be a member of all of them. You know, show up and participate. It just broadens your spectrum. You know, yeah. you get you get even more experience with even more brewers and the way they do things. Uh, and like I said, these guys um, and, uh, and CMI both do a lot of great educational programs. Yeah, I've attended a number of CMI meetings yeah. as well. Yeah, we, we've both been to, you know, pretty much all of the CMI bloats. Um, so yeah, you know, you, you don't have to choose just one. Right, right. So now somebody listens tonight and they go, man, that sounds really cool. I want to, I want to do that. What, what's the, what's the basic equipment? Say they want to go ahead and get, get, wait a second, and, and make wait a it. second, wait a second. Maybe we should make this a part of beer school. <laughs> You, you, well, he, you, he, he, you, you can do it real you, quick. You, you he better. texts me today and he says, hey, will you put together a beer school that we can get these guys to talk about homebrewing? So I have questions uh, organized for homebrewing right. 101. Well, I have something really cool. So, Morton, I'm only going to ask you this one time. Is the work that you turned in your own? I can't lie to you, Dean Martin. Yes, it is. I'm satisfied. Why don't you call me sometime when you have no plans? I want you to give me a fresh beer. You serious? Now! Now! Holy son! You son of a bitch! <laughs> you have got midterms coming up. You haven't studied five minutes, but you got it. Beer School with Miss Tina. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. All right. So, um, just to, yeah. So, Beer School, we do this sometimes, is just, you know, things that... Oh, the, we're going to be doing a, a, the all average. The yeah. yeah, now that we've got that sick liner. Um, just things that maybe the average person, the average beer fan who hasn't got, gotten into um, really specific things might not know. So we're going to talk about homebrewing 101 a little bit. And you guys can, I have three sort of sections, so you guys can either kind of pick one and discuss it, each of you, or we can all just kind of throw Is this in. multiple choice or? 
<laughs> extended response. <laughs> okay, I see. Um, all right, so equipment. What are your kind of must-haves when you first start homebrewing, and what are more like luxury items, like you really would want it, or but you don't necessarily need it? So kind of maybe um, start off on what you really need to just really basic, um, and then other things that might be a little bit more advanced. Uh, I think as basic as you get is a big pot. The Periscope and, uh, has an answer too. Periscope and says a stove, bucket pot burner. <laughs> yeah, a st- I mean, a really, stove with a, essentially, with a, that's how three we. Gallon pot. I mean, we've you need a heat all, source and a pot. Like that, you know, yeah. and the size of your pot's going to depend on how much beer you can make. Yeah. Beyond um, that, yeah, you need yeah, a, a fermenter yeah. to put it in. Right. A plastic Maybe bucket works fine. Something well, yeah. to stir. Something you to need stir. Some sanitizer so that you can keep things nice and tidy and not get infections. And nobody likes an infection. Um, but that's about it. Beyond that, you probably want to put it in something after it's fermented so you can drink it so some bottles and a capper yeah, yeah. some plastic tubing yeah doesn't take much awesome and could be had at your friendly your neighborhood homebrew store, homebrew oh, store yeah. Yeah. for how much about 50 75 60, bucks yeah. 75 bucks now i think it was 50 depending, when I got something like depending that. on the less the than a hundred dollars i yeah. suppose they, sometimes they get expensive so you yeah. can get a kit or you can you know you can piece something together i'm i'm confident for look less on than craigslist dollars yeah or reach out to your local homebrew club. Everybody's, you know, a lot of people when they when they trade up or they uh, they improve their system, they've got equipment left over that they're usually happy to sell or you know sometimes give away. So that's well, uh, another good resource. I'm still brewing on the same cobbled together system that I have for ten years. Same. Well, yeah, I've upgraded to a bigger kettle. Yeah, I can't leave it. things alone. I'm that guy. I, so you have, you have gas <laughs> gear acquisition syndrome. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of that. I'm done for now. But there's something to be said. There'd be something to set something to be said for that because you know it. You know it's well, that's exactly it. You know it's the system I put together. It's two kegels, converted kegels with the tops cut off. Uh, You know, for the uninitiated, a kegel is a half barrel keg with that you've done something to uh, kegel kettle, Um, and I louder into plastic buckets. I brew in the same kettle that I heat my strike mash water in. Um, so mine's just a two kettle system. Same here. Uh, it's it's pretty basic. Like yep. I said, I've been using it for 10 years, so I've come to understand a lot about it. Right. That goes back to what I was saying about know your process and know your equipment. It, it, to me, it's more important to have simple equipment and a simple process, but be an expert at that equipment with that equipment and at that process uh that is to just you know keep buying equipment and hope that you uh land where you want to be well so that was the the next part of well i actually let's talk we, let's talk process um what exactly is the process for homebrewing if you just want to go over it pretty i mean you know it sort of seems kind of ridiculous like oh how do you do it well, but it, you know, go ahead. No, I was going to say, do, to answer your advanced question oh, yes. that you had earlier, um, wort chillers. That's my, that was my yeah. big Pumps, thing that I was yeah. thinking of because uh, I, luxuries. Was, I was so yeah. fascinated by the wort chiller quick, that I was quick like. disconnects, uh, you know, for your tubing system. Uh, I mean, you can go. Yeah. Holy crazy nut, nut that job out. Pump, make pumps, it easier pumps and save a little bit of time. Pumps were the one thing that were... Pumps are pretty massive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It saves a lot, of, uh, a lot of energy. There's also the consideration that <laughs> that's just a, another thing that you have to keep very clean and sanitary. You know, because there's a lot of valves in the systems. And if you don't store them properly, store the valves open. Um, if you don't tear them down and, and clean them on a regular basis, don't ask me how I know, you end up with a lot of really terrible <laughs> beer and end up going know? back and simplifying your system. 
uh, a lot of terrible beer. So <laughs> and, um, my my thing and and Deed Reddit um, just chimed in on on Periscope <laughs> hey, too and, and said the same thing. Um, temperature control for fermentation, I think, is it's definitely mm-hmm. my biggest problem with my homebrew, is that I have such a fluctuating temperature in my right. house yeah, all over the place. That's usually not the thing that most people when they're starting out even think about, but it is important. And I mean, your basic swamp cooler, get a big tub. Put your fermentation you can, bucket in there with yep. a T-shirt on it. Fill it with cool water and put a fan on it. You can snag an old chest freezer for really, really cheap. Yep, on you can go that route too. And put a temperature controller on it, and and there's, yeah, no and there's a lot of a lot of different ways to do it. Like you said, the swamp cooler. If, if you need to cool it down, you freeze a bottle of water and toss it in there, and it, it brings it down um, all the way up to you know fully automated web log you know controllers. Right. But so I, I think that's one thing that as far as. Uh, Call it a luxury or whatever you want to call it, but it'll take homebrew to different. That was remember when we did ours. uh, We had the bathtub and I filled it with ice and (laughs) with water, and we did it in the winter time. So the water coming out of the tap was already cold. And and, but yeah, we did it that way. We've done the bathroom chill. We've done the (laughs) the snow bank chill. Yeah, Uh, yeah. When when you're when you think that you're going to be in trouble if you don't get it cool really quick, which you know it's a good idea to get it cool really quick but you're as long as you're you know handling everything sanitary it's not not the end of the world if it doesn't happen in five ten minutes right, right. um but you're you know you're new and you're freaking out and so you're like oh fill the bathtub with ice water get all of the ice we have somebody go to the store and then you're just <laughs> in there stirring the bathtub trying like well that's praying kinda, that the sink gets down that's kind of <laughs> what happened to me because we don't have in the place where i live we don't have um water that runs through an outside like we can't run like hose water outside right. um and so my friend had his wort chiller over and was like yeah this will just snap right onto the to the uh hose outside and i was like well you know what <laughs> we don't have that so he's like oh well uh, i guess go fill the the bathtub with some water i was like okay and he's like we'll go out and get some ice and then it turned out that the stationary tub in the basement had the f- the proper fitting and so it worked out but it was it was touch and go there for a minute <clears throat> So, sorry, what was your All second right. question? And what's, yeah, let's, yeah, let's. Um, well, we can talk about the process a little bit, step by step. Or do you guys want to talk about ingredients next? Because I think that like kind of the biggest thing that when I said that I was going to brew and I was telling my friends, oh, I'm going to brew my first beer, they're like, oh, are you going to do all grain or extract? I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so okay. tell us a little bit about that. And then tell us about other ingredients, what kind, what you use, you know, maybe like pellets versus fresh hops or hop, what, whatever else. Um, you guys would use, but yeah, just kind of clear up ingredients a little bit for people that might not know. Well, there's a, a massive amount of different ingredients available for your brew. So, I mean, once you think, okay, I would like this to taste uh, biscuity, well, what malt gives you that that flavor, or what extract gives you that flavor? So, you gotta you gotta be able to learn that, and you gotta think, okay, Maris Otter. Um, might be the most basic answer. Um, right. Right. You start with a, a pretty basic base malt, and that's going to be the majority, I guess, for the most part of your grain bill mm-hmm. or extract. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you go from there as yeah. far as your doing something it, like you did with your smash, where it's a basic single malt. Um, you know, you can use pale two row, you can use a Pilsner malt, you can use Maris Otter. But if you do that and then you start to understand what that does and then you can add crystal malts to it or you can add a chocolate malt or uh, wheat, you know, and, and then begin to understand how those interact. Yeah, I mean, for the for the process, um, Palmer's How to Brew is 
you know, one of the golden standards um, available online. You can just go and kind of page through the whole thing. Um, you know, there's there are a ton a ton of really really fantastic resources out there uh, that cover process, that cover ingredients. You know, the American Homebrew Association has a series of books now dedicated to each ingredient: water, yeast, hops, um, and malt. So you can really really in water, um, you know, really gets complicated too if you want it to be. Yeah, because you can use RO water and build it back up with with minerals and, uh, and salts and reverse osmosis. Mean? Oh, okay, all right. So you can um, you know you can strip the water down and build it back up to a specific profile. So if you want to, you know, a, a profile that's more European or more locally based uh, based on some historic styles, you can do that. Um, but you know, it's it's with everything in homebrewing. The answer is always you can be really simple or you can be really complicated. Uh, and that's the same with ingredients, process, equipment, and everything. Is it is if you alter the water in various ways, is it better? I mean, or, or can really good beers be made with just st- the stuff that comes out of the tap? Well, since, Absolutely. Since they tap water is really good water to start with. So it's on it's on what you're trying to achieve uh, for the most part. So you know if you want this very specific profile, if you want a you know a really mineralized hard water um, to give the beer this very particular profile, then then you can do that. You can add some gypsum or you can add you know some other salts or minerals to to really dial in that profile where you want. Um, but that's you know kind of you you've got to know what you're doing at that point um, because a little too much is is going to make a pretty drastic change. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can, you can get it wherever you really want it to be. Uh, and that's kind of the beauty of homebrewing is trying to replicate things or achieve historical styles or any style you want, because every different, you know, locality country, uh, really has a different flavor profile, whether it's the hops or the yeast or, or the water that they use plays an enormous part in most, most places why their beer tastes just a little bit different than somebody else's. I think a lot of people like to use just their regular local water source gives it your signature flavor from the water aspect every time a, you know, a good idea is to have a filter yeah, yeah. don't, well, don't yeah, use those water. carbon filter just, or yeah, carbon campton filter tablets or something, something yeah. that's going to uh just get any neutralize kind of like chlorine or yes yeah, any, any like strange flavors out of the water but as far as using like i don't know mineral water or, or distilled water or I mean, bottled water i mean we used stuff like that and would buy gallons of water from the store and just i mean more important part was process not the water you started with well and and you can i mean have variances i'm sure everybody's had from tasting bottled water right spring water you know one bottle it can all taste a little bit different here or there depending on what's in it or not in it um so with your water from your locality you get a little more consistency and you can get those reports you can put it into a brew software uh and it'll tell you here's about where you want these particular things in the water to be and if they're not there, it'll tell you, well, add a little bit of this, add a little bit of that. So that really gives you an advantage there where your spring water, as far as I know, isn't regulated. You don't actually, you know, I think as long as it's bottled at the source, it can have, you know, any kind of mineral content, um, which again, like I said, is, you know, everybody's probably got a favorite water if you go buy it off the shelf because they're a little bit different. So there's a kind of a fun question that popped up on Periscope. Has anybody tried brewing with rainwater? Acid Not rain, rainwater. No. We, we do have some guys that will go down to natural uh, natural bridge area, um, and there's some natural springs, right. you know, where the water just comes out of the ground through a pipe. And so we've had uh, quite a few of our guys go down there and uh, use that, which is uh, usually really good for the hoppy beers because it's got a lot of mineralization in it. Collecting the rain is going to have a lot of variables in it. I mean, what's it coming it's, off of? I don't or, know. You it's know, a- you got like. 
if you're getting it off your gutter, off your or, roof, yeah, <laughs> or like the some kiddie pool in the backyard, barrel, like roof you know, water. Like it's, yeah, it's the dog's dick. It's questionable. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm sure that there is some home brewer somewhere that has tried that. Oh, I'm certain. Oh, I'm sure. If if yeah. you're out there, home brewers listening or, or watching or listening to the podcast. Uh, you know, send us an email or send us a, a tweet or a uh, or or um, a Facebook message or whatever, and let us know if you've done it and let us know how it turned out. And uh, if you're local and you've still got some of the beer left, hell, we'll, we want to taste it. So, uh, listen, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Uh, you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Hey, it's Mike, and I just wanted to remind everybody that you can follow Cincy Brewcast on all your favorite social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Vine at Cincy Brewcast. Plus, don't forget to download your choice of podcast app and follow us on your favorite podcast services like SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spreaker at Cincy Brewcast. Plus, we are live and interactive worldwide on Periscope TV for Apple and Android. Follow us at Cincy Brewcast. And be sure to check our social media platforms for live show dates and times. Plus, be on the lookout for show video and the new Cincy Brewcast YouTube channel. You can also leave us a Google Voice message at area code 513-601-8785. If we like it, we just might use it on the program. And last but certainly not least, you can send an email to cincybrewcast at gmail.com or utilize the Contact Us page at www.cincybrewcast.com. Get interactive with Cincy Brewcast. This is Brett Coleman-Baker with Urban Artifact Brewing in Northside, Cincinnati. Hi, this is Evan Rouse from Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette from Blank Slate Brewing in Cincinnati. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Ponton, I'm only going to ask you this one time. Is the work that you turned in your own? I can't lie to you, Dean Martin. Yes, it is. I'm satisfied. Why don't you call me sometime when you have no class? I want you to give me a fresh beer. You serious? Now! Now! Hey, sir! You son of a bitch! You have got midterms coming up. You haven't studied five minutes since you got here. Beer school with Miss Tina. you were coming back <laughs> <laughs> all right guys welcome back um we are going to wrap up our beer school segment here at the moment um we have already discussed the equipment that we need and the ingredients that we need for home brewing so let's um let's talk about the process what do you what do you have what's the first thing you have to do next thing take us through it first thing you have to do is want to make beer i think that's the most basic thing yes very true um consider assuming you have equipment uh, go to your local homebrew supply shop and talk to the guys there. If you don't know what you want to make, like I said, talk to the guys there and they will direct you in the right way. If you do know what you want to make, look on their shelves and see what they've got. Uh, so, I mean, say I want to make um, a, um, I don't know, an imperial stout, which may be, uh, I don't know, a little ambitious for my first beer, but let's just say I want to make an imperial stout. What am I? Lo- what am I looking for? What? What? When I go in, when I go into Paradise or Listerman's or Brew Monkeys or what's is, you say? There's one over in Florence. What is the? Uh, 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 there is one at this point called Orchard Valley. Yeah. Uh, a- anyway, when I when I walk in, 
and I walk up to the guy at the counter and I say, look, I want to make a Russian Imperial Stout or I want to make an Imperial Stout. What, what do I need? So what, what do I end up getting? Uh, from the from the store, you're gonna basically at its most simple. You need grain, you need hops, and you need yeast. Uh, and really, add the water that you have at home, and that's all you truly need to make beer. Um, now, how you go about that really varies whether you're doing extract or, or all grain. Which the difference is essentially you're either converting the starch to sugars um, to ferment yourself yeah or somebody else has already done that for you boiled it down into a concentrate and then you have this concentrate um and then you have to plan on how much water you add to that to get it to the target gravity that you're shooting for for the specific beer so either grain or extract hops and yeast really at the at the most simple yeah i mean if you're gonna buy a kit if you're you're starting out brand new and you're you're gonna go buy a kit there's instructions in there. There's all the Is ingredients that you guys that you would need. recommend. Absolutely. Go buy yeah, a kit. If you're starting, go go buy yeah. a kit. Yeah. The kits it's, kits make great beer. Um, yeah, it's an easy way. I've won to, medals off of extract. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 everything's there for you. Um, you can tweak it a little bit if you got a little crazy uh, as far as like maybe throwing some specialty grain to give it a little more characteristic. Changing um, the but, yeast. Right. Yeah, but I, but I mean you you know you're. It's a great. You're not base. gonna you're not gonna get discouraged. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and that's, as easily I think by right. doing something that's a little bit more laid out, it's almost right. everything's there for you. So, so, so I've so I've got my pot. I've got okay. my okay. I've got, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I've got my pot. Okay. I've got my stuff. I've got my uh, ex, I've got my kit with my extract. Mm-hmm. I got my heat source wherever I, whether it's going to be a, a, a Cajun cooker or my stovetop or whatever I'm going to use right uh, and I've got all my equipment what's the next thing that I do obviously go home put the kettle got, on top gotta, of the stove you got to yeah, figure, get some figure water out the amount there. of water you need yep. for your for your brew and the kit will probably Just tell follow us follow the instructions right. it, it'll definitely and so what you're going to do is you're going to heat water to a specific temperature for your mash um, if yeah if you're doing you're a gonna, mash you're going to you're going to I mean even with uh, some of them, yeah, some of them gonna, are going to have a steep. Yeah, uh, if your kit has grains in it, it'll have the, the grains all weighed out. They'll be crushed. Yep. Um, there'll be a, a little muslin bag in there that you put the grains into, and it'll tell you heat your water up to, I'd say, 155, not above 160. And then it will... And, you, and you've bought your thermometer already. Yeah, so you've yep. got your thermometer, yeah. so you know. You're going to put them in there for a specimi- specified amount of time, and that's going to pull some color mostly along with maybe a little bit of unfermentables it's mostly for color at that point um if you're doing a, a lighter color beer or even a darker color beer rally um then after a set, set amount of time you're going to pull that muslin grain bag out you're basically just going to discard it put it in your compost whatever you're comfortable with um, at that point you're going to probably you need to bring your water up to a boil and if I remember correctly, you turn your your turn your heat source off. Quite, quite important. Don't uh, don't try heats. to put a giant glob of sugar essentially on the bottom of a very the, very the, hot pot. You will stuff. scorch it and you will burn. The malt and you will not be pleased is, with the uh, the outcome. Malt extract is like a syrup. It's that right. consistency. Yeah. Yeah. So if yeah. you put that in, where there's a uh, flame again, ask us how we know. Uh, 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 <laughs> then, yeah, it'll 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 settle. You won't be able to mix it in and dilute it into the water. Yes, yeah, so you got and it'll just burn on the. Yeah, so and no, no direct heat source, pot. A- yeah. and it'll taste terrible. So <laughs> just turn it off for a minute, get it all stirred up, get it all constituted, uh, so that it's all you know dissolved within the liquid. And yeah, you got to have the water hot enough for it to dissolve. So yeah, be stirring when you pour it in. You might need need a helper or you know your third hand. Um, 
a trick is, especially on extract, if depending on if it's coming in a can or a tub, um, is maybe to pull a little hot water in a on your stove or in your sink or somewhere and just kind of leave it set in there for a little while, you know, 15 or 20 Loosen minutes before you do it because it loosens it up, makes it easier to get the out. actual yeah, yeah, like tub yeah. submerged in some right, water. Right, right, right. And then and then and then you want to take you want to take the water and wash the wash the can out because a lot of the, that stuff's going to stick to the side if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Right, I mean, I yeah. I always I, do I that. normally do I that always, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a, after that, I'm a cheap old German. Yeah, so I'm, yeah, I, yeah I want to use it all. I can. Uh, and so after that, you're just going to go to a boil. Um, you know, you're going to pull it up to a boil, and at that point, you're going to again follow the directions because you have certain hops that you're going to use it during a certain part of the brewing process. Um, and it, it it is very important at what times you put those hops in because it has a big impact on how much bitterness or how much flavor you get out of it or how much aroma depending on where in the boil you're adding these things. So uh, again, you know, follow the directions. But uh, at that point, you're gonna most recipes are probably gonna call for a 60 minute boil. If it's a really big beer, you may go with 90 um, somewhere in there. But you're just gonna have metered hops at certain durations within the boil. Um, so get your phone out or computer, or iPad or whatever you have. Start a timer and just you know. Every time that timer goes off, you know, go ahead and measure them out ahead of time. Uh, if you're in a kit, sometimes they'll be measured out. More often than not, uh, you'll get uh, you know a packet of hops off the shelf, um, and you may have to to measure that out. So I mean, you can eyeball it. Uh, you can get a small scale for around ten dollars, twelve dollars off of Amazon. Uh, that's really really handy for measuring small quantities of anything, whether it be salts or hops or half or ounces, anything, yeah, or grams, anything, or any anything. <laughs> So then you've you've hopped it. Yeah, so you're boiling at this point. You're putting in your hops for X amount of time. And once you have completed the boil, generally you've added all of your hops. Sometimes you could add some after what they call flame out. So once you've turned your kettle off and you might whirlpool, so you might stir it and that helps the hops and any other uh, solids concentrate in the middle of the pot. Um, then at that point, you're most likely gonna chill so bring the temperature from boiling down to a fermentation temperature, depending on whether you're a lager, whether you're an ale, that's going to vary. So standard for an ale, you might want to bring it down in the 60, 65 range. Um, and that can take a while if you don't have yeah. a chiller or that's something like that. That's where the like bathtub so comes in, right? Yeah, that's, that's where, where your bathtub, bathtub comes in. You're working at about three hours. <laughs> oh, so easy. And, and yeah. this is the point where, you know, any homebrew shop's going to send you along with some iota force, some star sand or some sort of sanitizer um, because your bucket has to be clean, but it also has to be sanitary. Uh, you don't want any bugs in there. So you're, you're going to need a, a nice sanitary vessel uh, to get that in. Um, a part of that is stirring helps a lot. You know, just when the liquid's moving, it's, you know, more contact area to, uh, to cool. So sanitize a spoon or sanitize a, you know, a big long spatula, you know, and, and moving it along, you know, just stirring it can help drop the temperature more so than stainless steel, I assume is best for a lot of this, uh, for a lot of these operations. Or... Stainless is just really easy to keep sanitary. Right. Right. You know, the thing about plastic is if you're using a metal spoon in a plastic bucket, you're going to get scratches at some point, um, you know, tiny areas for things to collect and live. Um, you know, as long as you're pretty good at your cleaning and sanitation regimen, it's usually not a big deal. You know, we've got guys have been brewing for 20 years that still use plastic buckets that they've had for 10. So, um, you know, it's just all in your, your cleaning and sanitation practices uh, are important. But yes, stainless tends to be very easy to keep clean and sanitary. We did have one question about fresh hops versus pellet hops, but I think I think Dave kind of answered it on here <laughs> what did dave have to say he's better hop utilization from pellets he prefers them 
Fresh have a lot of air. Yeah. They're not really condemned. He's still going. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dave. And There's then, a good conversation so on Periscope you, for anybody. You've got, your, you've got your wart down to your target temperature, and then, then it's time to pitch the yeast. Yep. That's it. And usually you put that in a um, in a in, in in a solution. You make a solution out of that, or and then. Uh, well, I mean, they, 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 there's a lot of different. They ways. make you. You can get a, a like a, a liquid yeast already. You kind of just shake the little vial up and activate things, and and then the dry yeast you can just pitch it straight in. Oh, okay. Uh, a lot of guys like to reactivate it. There's mm-hmm. what's the other with slap packs mm-hmm. where you can. That's where it gets gets really a lot know. more advanced, depending on if you if you want to do a starter, if you want to right. uh, if you want to figure crazy. out the the recommended cell count for the particular gravity of beer that you're brewing. Right. Um, was it Mr. Yeast or something like Mr. that? Mr. Malty. Mr. Malty. Uh, <laughs> there, there's calculators everywhere for these things, so cool. it'll tell you either if you want to do a starter, you need to make a, a slurry of a particular gravity and put it in and spin it up for a certain amount of time to get it there, um, or you know. You read the instructions on the yeast is very, right, very, right, very important. Right. See what the manufacturer wants you to do. Um, a lot of them want you to throw it straight in. Um, like with dry yeast, they're, they're frozen to the point where they have a very high viable cell count. So I, I personally love dry yeast. You know, most of the time you can just toss it in there. It's it's not foolproof, but it's pretty close. So you can throw it in there. You know, the cell counts are good, and you're usually going to do pretty well. Um, but the more, the higher the gravity, the bigger the beer. You know, the more alcohol you're looking for. Uh, the more yeast you're going to need, and, and sometimes to a point, the more resilient strains um, that can survive through a higher alcohol content as well. Or, you know, it could be some styles where the yeast is really prominent. I mean, saisons and so anything like Belgian is going to be, you're going to get a lot of flavor that, that is coming from that yeast profile. So. Yeah, and, and in some Belgians, you may want to actually stress that yeast um, with either by underpitching. Mm hmm or higher fermentation temperatures where you're ramping up the temperature. Um, and I've done that in triples, doubles, saisons, um, you know, where it's, like I said, where you're under pitching in order to really achieve um, a certain phenolic profile. And that is what, that causes the yeast, the few, the less yeast that are, is in there, they work harder? Is that what creates those kind of distinctions? Yeah, I think yeah, that's a good general work way to say harder. It. They said they they get stressed, so you know it's not their ideal environment for performing their functions. Um, I think is pretty much the way I would describe it. So you know, the higher the temperature gets, uh, sometimes you know the more phenolics or the more fruity esters you're gonna get out of it. Whereas you know, a ten degree difference, if say you did it at seventy five versus sixty five, it's probably gonna be pretty significantly different, even with the same yeast strain. So I mean, you can definitely experiment with yeast. And, and just see, you know, what you get out of it. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not good. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of great information out there on kind of how those yeast react. Again, I think it comes back to reading the manufacturer's recommendations or, you know, the, the yeast lab uh, recommendation because they'll have a temperature range on there for you and they have all that on their websites. Yeah, I, can, I have to agree with that. I, and going back to grains, if you're going to, if you're looking at base grains or even specialties, go to the manufacturer's website. They will have all kinds of information for you on what to expect um yep. as well as you know your your yeast manufacturers uh y yeast and and white labs being mm-hmm. the most common um you got your dry yeast as well go to the website and look up what the recommended things are yep. and then start reading beyond that 
Some may say, you know, with the dry yeast that, that they prefer you rehydrate it. And so, you know, get out this amount of sterile water, boil it and put it in and cool it down and then toss in some yeast and just swish it around and, you know, do that a half an hour, an hour before, you know, you intend on pinching it and it'll increase the cell count and it'll put it at the point where they think it's ideal for the, the scenario. We had um, one Periscope listener chime in and say that they um, killed their yeast in one batch. I don't know. You know I don't have more <laughs> details whether it was too hot of a, a temperature where they didn't cool it down enough or what, but um, I think I've done that before. Too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> pitching too hot will do that. You can go both sides of the range. Yeah, too hot, you, you may kill your yeast, but also on the same token, and, and I've had this happen in my basement where you know it doesn't fluctuate much, but it's enough, maybe a five-degree swing depending on the time of the year, uh, and they get dormant when it's too cold, right. and so they don't want to, you know, they're sleepy. They don't want to perform their, perform their functions uh, how they're supposed to, so maybe that beer's under-attenuated or it didn't drive off some compounds that are all flavors that you want it them to get rid of that they normally would when they're you know you have a nice vigorous fermentation right if you have if you have problems like that it's it's good to occasionally check your gravity readings and stuff while fermentation is going on um i've heard of guys that you can repitch and sometimes it'll take if it's at the right temperature like if you pitch too hot and you just have a bunch of dead cells in there you know you can you can revive them they're never completely lost and sometimes it might come out to where it doesn't taste the way you quite wanted it to, but it's not a completely dead, so. Then dead we've beer, we've you know? pitched our yeast. Our yeast is in there. It's happy. It's at a it's at a happy temperature, and then we got to let it sit. Right? We got to let it sit for a while. Now it's time it's to not, relax. Don't worry. Have a homebrew. Exactly. <laughs> Just about to say. Exactly. <laughs> We're talking about all these problems you can have with your beer, and in the end. Just sit back and relax and have a home <laughs> But And if it's your first batch, it's really tough to wait. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you just sit there watching the airlock, watching at the, the airlock. bubbles. Like, yeah. yeah, I would, like, sit there for hours and just be like, and then somebody told me, like, oh, okay, well, if, if it goes down to, like, if it's not bubbling, if it goes, like, 20 seconds without bubbling, that probably means your yeast are dead. And I was, like, I was, like, staring at it, and I was, like, oh, my God. I was, like, oh, my God, 18 seconds. What's going to happen? Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure. I, I remember that. I used to do that to my... Oh, I've got to wait till they're uh, they're they're ten, yeah, fifteen seconds apart. <laughs> yeah, but that can, be, that can be deceiving too. So I'm pretty uh, sure two weeks ago Tina came in here and said, "That's it, my beer's dead. Everything that, that's died. Dead. That's it's exactly all, right. It's all ruined. It's all dead." Thing, the other thing too is you could have an air leak. You could have a leak in your fermenter right. and not know that it's that you're. If right. you're watching the bubbler and paying attention, to that that's why it's important. Like Eddie said, check your gravities. Yep. Right. Buy a hydrometer and a equipment. tube. It's it's pretty cheap, yeah, twenty right. bucks for cool yeah, that kind of thing. Very, it's going to be vulnerable at that point in time. So well, yeah, that's you want to make sure that everything is always sterile. You're not sticking your dirty hands in there and you know looking right. at your finger. <laughs> and, 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 and if you're going for any kind of repeatability on, with man. your brews, you know you want a way to measure measure the amount of sugars in there. Um, you know, before and after, so you can get your alcohol content and you know know if you're in the ballpark of what you're shooting. For. And that's you've already you've bought that at the at the home more than likely. Too, uh, uh, yeah, if you start is now, that a luxury a, item? A cylinder in a, a cylinder <laughs> and a hydrometer. Yeah. Hydrometer is a necessity. I would yeah. say necessity. It brings up for another another Periscope comment on ex- bottles exploding. He didn't have exploding bottles, but they were close to it. He said they were mm-hmm. definitely foamers. Um, you know, gravity, watch your gravity, make sure that you are done fermenting. If, yeah. if you're make sure you've got you know, solid three days, five days. Another comment to no that activity. effect is make sure, yeah, make sure your gravity is where you expect it to be. And then also if your batch comes up short, if you're an extract brewer, this is, I've seen this too many times is you didn't add enough water after the fact to make five gallons. So you ended up with say four and a half. 
and then you transfer it and you're leaving all the trip in the bottom and you're leaving some some liquid in the bottom so you're not transferring all the solids and you end up with four gallons but you put all of the um priming sugar in there oh, <laughs> oh. so you, you we put did. five pounds uh measured out for five pa- five gallons worth of priming sugar but you've only got four got va- yeah. Sorry, four guys. actual four gallons of liquid. gallons right. of volume of finished beer, and then you've overcarbonated your beer. Right, uh, best case scenario, or you have uh, again. Ask us how we know. Uh, it sounds like gunfire going off in your basement <laughs> in the middle of the night. Yeah, and it always happens. It's, in the middle it's, of the it's, night, it's right? terrible because not only is it scary, but then it's really, really sad when you see your beer all over the ground. Yeah, yeah, John, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say up, this yeah. out loud. I've never had a bottle explode. So good on you. Um, <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> I haven't either, and, and if anybody's going to have one, it's probably going to be me. But then again, I keg most of the time, so. Yeah. I, I keep I just, keep all of my bottles in a cooler just in case, something that's contained, so if something does And then bottling real quick, guys, bottling, uh, uh, again, you, you, you measure a little of the sugar or you put, put a little of sugar solution in the bottle, and, and, and then you're... I've you done know. it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Make carb but tabs if you're, and if, all kinds yeah, of different things. Yeah, I mean, you, you can get the carb tabs. I've done it where I've measured out because, say, I'm only going to bottle 12 bottles out of my batch, and the rest is going in a keg. So okay. I okay. do a measured solution, and I'm basically using a baby dropper, uh, you know, medicine dropper, to put a measured amount of sugar into each bottle, along with perhaps a little bit of yeast if it needs it, if it's an old, you know, a, a higher gravity, it's been in the conditioning mode for a while, or if, you know, and then bottling on top of that. And then this is the gold standard still, the, the plastic racking tube out of your, uh, out of your plastic jug, out of your plastic You'll probably and, get sent home with that. Yeah. Um, you definitely need a way to transfer the wort that's not going to put a lot of oxygen in it splash yeah you don't want it to splash you don't want it to get frothy foam any of that good stuff um, at that point because that oxygen is going to stay in there then you're going to get this stale cardboardy papery flavor over time and it's just going to continue to get worse with time so and then you cap it takes how long generally week and a half two if you can wait that long on the beer if you can wait that long (laughs) and my recommendation is just try one every six days five days and uh you know it may be a little flat but you'll you'll kind of get the feel for how it changes over time yeah but you know this is also this 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 is a living beer you know you're not you're not pasteurizing this so it is going to keep changing even after it's in a bottle for a while and if you know we've we've talked about that with um um batch that i brewed that after I think it was a year, the very last bottle, and we cracked it open, and it was absolutely fantastic. It was finally what it was yeah. supposed to be, and it was the last bottle. So. Just uh, just, be ca- <laughs> just be careful with those green and white yeah, bottles and any any source of sunlight. You know, keep yeah. keep yeah. Your, keep do, your bottles safe and tucked away. Do not nice. buy green and white bottles generally. I'm not I saying mean, do not, but if you do, you have to be very very careful that you're not exposing them to sunlight. There is uh, no reason to buy green yeah. or clear bottles. <laughs> right, no, yeah. not really. <laughs> so can't, just keep them out of uh, general rule of thumb. Just keep your beer out of the sunlight. And, and you drink that perfect unless you're beer, drinking it, and then you're hooked, right? Basically, Home that's it. Because you made it. Can't stop. You you made it, and it's uh, it. No. More fun. Cheaper is a relative term. Are you hooked? <laughs> Depends on how much you well, drink. Well, here's what, here's what I found after brewing my first beer is, and I think it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about how people, you know, you give your homebrew to your friends, and they're like, oh, my God, this is so good. You should go pro. I think to a lot of people, homebrewing is, like, it's so mystifying that it's hard for people to, like, wrap their minds around it or if they haven't done it, and haven't really looked into it, it seems like as almost this like task that, you know, oh, that, you know, you see, you know, big beer brewing 
giant amounts of beer and you see like the mad trees with their giant all of their kettles and all their stainless and everything and you think this is such a monumental task that it's got to be so difficult to do at home but when I, I I was just amazed at how not necessarily easy but not as complicated as I thought it was going to be and so this, I will definitely do it again this is why you find you know other people to learn from to brew with you know, to go and watch the process before you've even purchased equipment, which I, I highly recommend anybody do. I mean, for those that want to jump, you know, both feet first, that's fantastic. Um, but it would definitely be to your benefit to go see somebody brew on a homebrew scale, see what they use, ask them questions. Um, like you're going to get a lot of recommendations that might save you some money that might be, you know, you could get this for this money instead of this other thing, which you're going to upgrade in, you know, three batches, five like, batches. Like at the Northern Kentucky Brewers Guild or the Blotarian Brewing League or Malt Infusers yep. or any, any, anyone near you, any and all. Yeah. So, okay. The, the thing that I say is if you can follow a recipe, you can make beer. Yep. Well, it's, can... it's, it's more discipline than it is any kind of, you know, Skill. I mean, I well, hate to not. not I, hate to well, I, think, I hate to not say it's not skilled, but you know, it's it's a it's a discipline of. I think the and, act of brewing yourself, you know, the act of brewing is not as difficult as it is to develop yourself as a home brewer. Experiment, make mistakes, learn from what you do. That's more where the complexities come into it. Where like you're developing a palate or you're you know, like you're a chef developing a recipe or something like that. That's where it comes a little bit more complicated than just the act of brewing a beer at home and following directions. Yeah, I mean and all and, those things come in time. And you shouldn't be afraid to make mistakes because you're going to make a mistake somewhere down the line. Uh, I I know I've made many. Uh, but they've actually been very valuable because I've learned to tweak my recipes or my system or whatever it is. You can usually trace it back to where it went wrong. So mistakes aren't always a bad thing. So we good? We good. All yeah, right, beer good. school's over. <laughs> Class dismissed. All right. We'll be right back with uh, more with uh, the guys from Northern Kentucky uh, Home Brewers Guild and Blotarian Brewing League uh, right after this on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi again, everyone. This is Mike Cisneros, and on the next edition of Cincy Brewcast, we are looking live again as we visit Paradise Brewing Supply and Brewery in Anderson Township. We'll meet founder, owner, and head brewer Jeff Graff, and as we wrap up Cincy Brewcast's Home Brewing Month, we'll talk to Jeff about what the craft beer movement means for the home brewing supply business and the best supplies for home brewers from beginner to expert. Jeff also has made waves with the fine beers coming from his nano brewery and tap room. We'll taste and comment on those brews, ask him about the rumors we've heard concerning future expansion at Paradise and how success on the taproom side affects his brewing supply business. And as if you needed more incentive to join us live, a great friend of the show, Chef Tony from Cincy Beer Brats will be on hand with his delicious bratwurst infused with Paradise Brewing beers. We'll also check in with him on the company's growth and what future forms of wonderfulness we can expect from Cincy Beer Brats. We'll be at Paradise Brewing and Supply, 7766 Beachmont Avenue, just east of Anderson Town Center on Monday night, November 2nd, with Periscope TV Showtime slated for 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And our podcast will post Tuesday morning on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spreaker. But for the most fun, come out and see us live. Our live shows are a blast, and we'll have a studio audience mic so you can ask questions of Jeff, Chef Tony, and our entire Brewcast crew. Again, join us Monday, November 2nd, 8 p.m. at Paradise Brewing and Supply, 7766 Beachmont Avenue in Anderson Township for Cincy Brewcast, 
the live voice of Cincy Craft. Beef trust. Yes, my my beef great great beef trust. Yeah, my great great grandmother uh, and her sisters were known around Mount Healthy as the Beef Trust. Why? <laughs> they were they were big women. <laughs> I could absolutely listen to that Dan Listerman quote over and over. We we gotta do we gotta do Listermans again just to listen to the um, just to just to talk to Dan Listerman because he is unbelievably funny. So uh, see, I did it again. Anyway, uh, yeah, bring it down a little bit. Uh, we, it's time for this week in beer, and really, we've got um, we're we're so proud. Because we participated in Fresh Fest 2015 on Saturday, and you can bring it out now if you want. Um, uh, and and we are so proud. First of all, we really appreciate uh, Queen City Fresh uh, bringing us on board uh, to the Fresh Fest 2015 in less than a year of existence, uh, uh, both for ourselves and for the Gnarly Gnome, for Cincy Brewcast and the Gnarly Gnome. Uh, so happy to have been uh, invited by Chris Stevens, uh, Queen City Fresh, uh, to be a part of the Beer Bloggers uh, big festival that he has at uh, Mad Tree every year. And we were so honored and proud to be asked to infuse a Hoff Stevens keg of Mad Tree Lift Kolsch. And we did that with an, just what I think is it was. An absolute masterstroke by the gnome himself. I think it was dead on, too. Exactly what we th- wanted it to be. It was uh, Sour Patch Kids and then sweetened a little bit by um, Eric at Mad Tree who put... Zach. Uh, Zach, I'm sorry. Uh, well, you know, I mean, hey, yeah, what do I know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not any good at this. We have, we, we have our friend Zach to thank for uh, helping us get t- the beer to where we dreamt it would be. Got Watermelon there, so. Sour Patch Kids, and I still have not gotten to talk to him to see exactly how he got it to that point without the five pounds of Sour Patch Kids that I requested. Yeah, um, but I I don't know. Why don't you guys brag about it? We <laughs> tasted ran, like five we, pounds of Sour Patch we, Kids. We, we were third place. Art Keg yeah. blew third. We blew, yeah, it blew third. So, um, so we got the bronze medal. However, yes. that we gave to ourselves, it's made out of yogurt lids. That, that, that changed a little <laughs> like in the episode <laughs> of the out Office. Of lids, yeah. <laughs> However, well, that that's changed a little bit because some of the kegs that were on throughout the next day too got some more untapped ratings. So we we were we were third. We're our third on untapped. So we were right solid now. third. Yeah, we're third. And, right and, in the and I have to say that that the infusion uh, that uh, Queen City Queen City Fresh did. Uh, with uh, Shauner Stegerwald of the uh, Cincinnati Enquirer, which was the um, cherry pineapple fruit cocktail. Fruit cocktail. Fruit cocktail. Um, it was very good, as was the uh, the WCPO Jesse and Beer Mumbo. Beer Mumbo? No. Uh, WCPO, WCPO Mr. Friendly. And Mr. Mr. Friendly. Friendly. Sorry, Frank. Uh, uh, um, uh, that pineapple was uh, vanilla, uh, pineapple vanilla, basically. 
uh, was were both excellent as well. So, but we were, I think we were in, in great company. And, and God, it was such a fun event. There was so much. It was there was that the pints for prostates going on the fundraiser. Um, we got to win some cool stuff. I got a little bit of leftover zombie dust from Mr. Bunker Hill, uh, who headed <laughs> up the headed up the pints for prostates. Um, so it was it was a lot of fun. Gotta, the music was great. Got to mention um, the music was um, awesome. The music was like eight, like it was late like seventies. It was like it was like eighties. It was to me. It was perfect because late Saturday late nights at Madry is like Hall and Oates Pandora Station, and it's it was like that but a lot cooler. So it was it was perfect. I don't remember if I heard any Steely Dan, but you got to mention um, Beer Mumbo and Beer and Brew Professors um, Coffee Kolsch too, which I thought was pretty impressive to get that 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 bright of a coffee flavor out of a Kolsch and still have kind of that Kolsch. Uh, Yeah, I I just it. It was, it was too much coffee for me. I I, I I just don't think it matched the style. Right. I think you need more bright a, lights. But it was impressive. It was impressive to get. It was. But it was, they did. It was coffee, man. I mean, it was right. There, it was right there with plenty of coffee. So, uh, what else we got this week, bud? Um, you caught me off guard. on have nice. <laughs> Thursday. Uh, Thursday. Thunder snow. Thunder snow day on Thursday. Um, uh, Listerman might have their mosaic. IPA that they've been kind of hinting at is that this weekend or definitely coming up. I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's Halloween. Have, you should have um, T Bird from Moorline their fresh hop uh, in the next in the next week or so um, with um, these whole melon and um, oh, something else. Did, let me ask you this: You sat next to uh, at the 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 main guy from oh, uh, uh, Greg Warren, Hardman from Greg Hardman uh, at a at a beer dinner on a Wednesday night. Did you get anything out of him? Did you? Uh, I got a whole lot out of him. Some things that he wanted me to talk about, and some things he didn't. Well, let's talk about the ones that that uh, give us um, one thing. I know I know you want to save we, some of it for the bog, but we we talked a lot about um Hudipole and 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 the the. the the pure lager that's back in Cincinnati now. Which, the, the by the way, we had a little Amber. bit on the on uh, uh, on the side over here is one of our side beers, and I got to say, I'm impressed. It's right there. I mean, it is. You know, it, it's it's really it's really vogue to shit on, you know, kind of big beer lagers or whatever. But this stuff is pretty is pretty solid. So, and um, he, which said- I love. I'm a big fan of of good lager beer. He said that the the idea is to bring everything from Mutable back in the next year or so. Is kind of the way he worded it. So, and they're 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 putting that all together over and over the Rhine. Is that mm-hmm. which um, talking to some of the brewers there? They um, um, they said that building just just blows you away when you really start to see how how much space they have there. There's there's definitely plenty of room for them. Yeah, to I do we were over there a couple of years ago or about a year ago, man, and it's really huge. I mean, it's amazing how big it is. Yeah, they haven't even utilized probably they're not even, they even thirty or forty percent of the of the space yet. So, they're very impressive. Um, Up the street here. At, um, I mean, we've talked about it a few times. As, as close as we have to a home brewery, Mount Carmel Brewing Company. Yes, um, the the uh, the Belgian Quad. Wednesday. Ooh. That's this week. Very Wednesday, nice. and then I, I was looking at their Facebook post today. They've got something else going on on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you crawl right. 
Yeah, you crawl home when you drink a couple of glasses of that Belgian quad. They are going to have abbreviated hours on Saturday, um, 12 to 4, because of Halloween and trick-or-treating. So they're only open for, well, I mean, you could probably go in and have a beer between 12 and 4, but um, the idea is to get your growlers filled before trick-or-treat for those of you who choose to partake in children. <laughs> partake in children? Yeah. It sounds like sounds delicious. Uh, <laughs> Tastes like chicken. Yeah, really. Um, I, know okay. I'm, I know I'm going to be missing out on somebody that's got something big going on, and I'm going to kick myself tonight. Well, that's okay. Um, um, nah, we better not. We'd have to talk Ooh, about that. Was the segment this weekend beer? Hopgeist. Hop Hopgeist. Uh, hop yes. 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 Hopgeist to Thank Saturday. Thank you, guys. I saved you from that one. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. If you guys know of anything, or and, and of course, any of your events that might be coming up as well, which I, you know... Well, um, I, I yeah. could I could pimp an event. Um, <laughs> I brewed one of my beers, a saison, uh, that will be on tap at Tap Fest on November fourteenth at the Tap and Screw Brewery over in the West Side. Yeah, definitely so, uh, try to get out to that one because that that event is not only uh, well, that is not Andy's, but it's yeah, it's from Beer and Sweat. Uh, they chose how many ten beers, ten gold medal uh, gold medal winners from that competition and brewed them over there. So we've got a, one of our guys, Michael Schuler, uh, has a Kentucky Common style on, uh, but a lot of other home brewers in the area. So they're having a big festival. They're gonna do some sort of voting. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a it basically it's fifteen bucks. Go to their website and get your tickets. But that fifteen bucks gets you a sample of all ten beers. Um, so tap and screw brewery, I think dot com or just Google tap and screw brewery. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean there's there's a, a wealth of so there's a saison, there's a robust porter, there's um, a very nice pale ale that I had. Uh, there's a half of ice, and I think there was supposed to be a sour. Uh, Berliner Weiss with cherries, but I'm not sure if that one's worked out. Um, so there, there's a number of beers, a number of different styles. So a, a wide range of the best examples of Cincinnati home brewing at Tap yeah, and Screw and on the 14th. Yeah, we each got to go in and, and make the beer with the brewer himself at the brewery. And then, yeah, each one of them has been on tap or will be on tap leading up to the event. And then they'll all be on tap on Saturday, November 14th. Okay, so that's in a few weeks' time, but we'll definitely talk about that. Um, as as time wears on here on Cincy Brewcast, this week is also Firkin Friday at um, Braxton, which has always which has been a big kind of seller for them. They they go pretty fast there. Um, um, Bad Tom is doing a semi free flight. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Which um, for ten cents at least donated to their charity, you get a free flight of four down there. So if if there's still people out there that haven't tried the new Bad Tom. Um, definitely get down there and that's and try definitely it for, a great a opportunity dime. to go down there and try it for you know and not have a whole lot invested. But you know what we went uh, what's what's it been now about six weeks ago or so and it hasn't been that long I don't think I Has was it? well I don't I don't uh-huh. you know it, it, Nancy it, says four the way it rolls the way it rolls down here <laughs> I don't <laughs> the know the way it rolls around here <laughs> you know I, you know you lose track I lose track a little bit but yeah I mean it, I thought it was. Quite good. I mean, I thought it was all quite good. This weekend, the Listerman release is not the um, the what well, could be the IPA also, but they're doing a bottle release of the barrel aged Chacao. So Ooh. you know, there's gonna be a line there. I've, I've got another one as well, and I, I don't know if I should share this because I want it all for myself. But Rivertown, and it's maybe get lost because it's November first, which is Sunday. They are doing a limited release, a collab with Embrace the Funk. 
That's right. The um, that um, Dios de los the, Muertos. Yes, uh, the, the coming of the Day of the Dead. Yes. So a sour tequila barrel aged collab, wow. uh, Rivertown with Yazoo and Embrace the Funk out of Nashville. It's going to be a good one. Nice. That's interesting. Sounds terrific. Okay, that's uh, that's what we've got for. Oh, I've got to save the date too. Yeah. November twenty first at Blank Slate. Ooh, Oppa Cream. Oppa Cream. Was that Oppa Cream again? <laughs> and the uh, they're doing a big uh, anniversary. It party is their too. first tap room anniversary, so just save the date. Yes. Um, I've got one more. Next Monday, November second. We did our promo about it, but just again, in case people tuned out, we are going That's to be Paradise. at Paradise Brewing Company or. Brewery, brewery, what are they, what do they call themselves? Paradise Brewing Paradise Supply Brewing and Brewing Company. Um, but so we're going to be having a live show. They're going to be opening the tap room, which is not normally open on Monday nights, for us to um, come and talk about Paradise. And, and Chef Cincy Antonio from Cincy Beer Brats is going to be that on uh, with us too. So, which that's if you be have a lot of not fun. tried those freaking beer brats. Man, it's I'll absurd. I like it's just there's no way around it. They're just freaking delicious. Witchcraft, thank you. Yes, witchcraft time. and craft beer. So listen, that's uh, so that is um, you got me up there. That's, uh, uh, no, that you is, are not. This week in beer. No, it's not. That's <laughs> that was. <laughs> that's oh, is it? Okay, yes, all right. <laughs> listen, we'll be. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hey, it's Mike, and I just wanted to remind everybody that you can follow Cincy Brewcast on all your favorite social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Vine at Cincy Brewcast. Plus, don't forget to download your choice of podcast app and follow us on your favorite podcast services like SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spreaker at Cincy Brewcast. Plus, we are live and interactive worldwide on Periscope TV for Apple and Android. Follow us at Cincy Brewcast, and be sure to check our social media platforms for live show dates and times. Plus, be on the lookout for show video and the new Cincy Brewcast YouTube channel. You can also leave us a Google Voice message at area code 513-601-8785. If we like it, we just might use it on the program. And last but certainly not least, you can send an email to cincybrewcast at gmail.com or utilize the Contact Us page at www.cincybrewcast.com. Get interactive with Cincy Brewcast. We are truly about revitalizing this village. No, it's all right. It's a logical question. No! That is out of the question! Pretty random question. That's a good question, Harry. Gentlemen, question mark. Gentlemen, question mark. <laughs> okay, may I ask you a question, Doctor? And I don't mean to be insensitive. Can I raise a practical question at this point? Yeah. No question. There has been a breakdown in military discipline aboard this vessel. I blame the fish people. That's a good question. I guess I, was, I wasn't really prepared for a follow-up question. Asked and answered. And uh, we are very keen on reviving our uh, Asked and Answered uh, segment. And uh, since we have our uh, three uh, homebrewers and members of the various homebrewers clubs, and, of course, we need to mention the names, uh, we, had, uh, we have uh, uh, Eddie uh, Unterreiner Unter and uh, John Covey from uh, Northern Kentucky Homebrewers Guild. 
And uh, from Blotarian Brewing League, we have uh, Hark Johnny. Uh, and um, uh, we have a little que uh, question and answer session, or we ask you questions, or we ask each other questions, and we get some answers. Uh, so what I wanted to ask, the first thing I wanted to ask all three of you guys is when you're not drinking your own beer that you know that you've brewed or whatever what what are you guys what are you guys drinking what are you guys enjoying or what are you enjoying right now that's coming out of some of the craft breweries here in cincinnati or around the country for that matter i'm a huge fan of ipas in general so that's typically what i gravitate towards um i love the local ipas all of them i i don't i find myself drinking a lot of uh a lot of Rheingeist beers these days because it seems like everything they put out is like deliciously hoppy. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I, I love Braxton. I mean, they're, they're buddies and, you know, unfortunately you can't walk into Kroger's liquor store and buy Braxton beer yet. So you got to go down there and take a growler home. But yeah. yeah so, uh, visit tap rooms and, and get it from the source. Um, yeah. So, uh, of course with all the Obviously, I am biased. Uh, I do love Braxton, you know, since they spawned out of our, uh, you know, we're, we're brewers with us before they went pro. Um, but like Eddie said, you know, there's a lot of good canned offerings. There's a lot of good offerings, period, in Cincinnati. Um, I'm, I'm starting to taper off the hop train, you know, for the summer and, uh, and more to the ambers and the browns and some porters. Um, so that's kind of, in general, where I'm at right now. Sours are going nuts right now, too. Yeah. So yeah. It's nice to get those good sours every once in a while. Yeah, I, I definitely drink seasonally. Uh, I find myself drinking a lot of the saisons, um, pale ales, IPAs, and throughout the summer months, warmer months, um, I, I'm, I'm always down for a saison. That's that's just my yeah. my love, my style, um, and I've really concentrated on brewing them those this year. I'm sorry I didn't have one to bring you guys, but I I drank it all. Um, <laughs> well, you did you did bring a little something there, the, the your grapefruit. Uh, yeah, so on, yeah, a grapefruit goza. goza. Um, oh, go, goza. I'm sorry. So that was a, that was an interesting beer as well. It's really good. It is. <laughs> it's it is awesome. Really good. I love I love gozas, and the grapefruit just really works well with it. I love. And it. we were fortunate to have Evan last week, and he brought the saison. Oh bring level. Uh, yeah, they level just released that. It's uh, it's really good. It really is. It fantastic. came out very very nice. Uh, I had. Only only a couple of those the other night. You know, <laughs> you know, just, just I, a couple. Just I, I wonder how it feels. It it's all I ever have. I, I wonder how it feels to nail everything you do, to, like <laughs> to the wall, like totally. You mean I the mean, way Braxton does? The way Braxton does. But that's yeah. that's a good question. If they nail everything, and that we do you, have to you, ask them. I yeah, know, yeah. Uh, they, they at least the things that get released. That's right. You, <laughs> know, you know, there's you there's don't also, hear about the failures. Well, okay, yeah, that makes sense too. Uh, the second, it's a good brewery. The second question was, what are you guys doing when you're not home brewing or drinking? Do you have other hobbies? <laughs> oh, <laughs> other hobbies? <laughs> because I had to, I said, I was going to ask, what are you doing when you're not home brewing? But I figured you'd all say, well, I'm drinking. But so I had to qualify that even you, further. You even have to take that out of it because other hobbies usually kind of involve drinking. Well, yeah. 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 you can, you can work it into most anything. If you're doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, my, my friends call my garage uh, most of the time the, the land of lost hobbies. Uh, so, gosh, it's just, it's everything. So from snowboarding in the winter to kayaking in the summer and hiking and mountain biking and golf. And, yeah, it mainly involves being outdoors and drinking beer. So, Excellent. Uh, geez, I mean, I, I'm a carpenter by day, so I guess my hobby is still woodworking. I've been doing a lot of projects around the house lately. They've been keeping me busy. But, yeah, 
been trying to get my garage in order so I can actually build a little bit more of a workshop and then uh, you know start tinkering some slash brewery. Yeah, well, there's a there's a there's a corner that's been outfitted for all my brewing. The life of a woodworker, always trying to get the garage in order. Yeah, yeah, it's a never-ending process. Yeah, Um, I'm I'm a graphic designer by trade. That's what pays the bills. Um, So creating is part of my daily routine, which parlays into my brewing. Which that's that's how I feel like my brewing is for me. It's another need to create another outlet for me. Um, but when I'm not doing any of that, I'm a cub master for my son's ah, Cub Scouts troop. Very pack. nice. Excellent. Um, Excellent. So we are hiking. We are camping. We are outdoors. From, from a former scouter to a, for, to a current scouter. Yeah. yeah. And very, then from, from, my, from my daughter, I'm um, the coordinator and coach for her track team. Excellent. Man. Yeah, you got you got to enjoy the kid time. That's, absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. You know, the, especially in the, the craft beer scene and in the home brewing scene, you know, everything can get very active. So uh, that's uh, kind of the downtime is the family time. Fantastic. Our, 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 until she's old enough to drink with me. She's I, already, I she have, already plays with all of my equipment, yeah. so she's not far off. I have a barley wine that I brewed uh, when my daughter was in utero. Um, that I will drink with. I had one last year when she turned 10. I will drink another when she turns 16 and gets her license. Or maybe if she, I let her get her license. <laughs> and then another at her, I've got like five bottles left. So one at her 21st birthday and then one if she ever gets married. That's fun. I've got them Very planned nice. out. Nice. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, Dad, where's that for me? <laughs> I'm not a homebrew. <laughs> I'll take you to play golf. Okay. Hey, so our guys have passed our... Asked. An answer. Hey, listen, once again, another fantastic show. Guys, uh, Eric Unterreiner, uh, Unterreiner, for, uh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Unterreiner. Eddie. Why do I want to call every freaking... You do call everybody Eric. 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 Everybody's Gee, Eric. Minnie, Christmas. I'm sorry, Eddie. Eddie Unterreiner, and I was even looking at my paper, and John Covey from uh, Northern Kentucky Homebrewers. Thanks, guys. We were Thanks really for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you really shed... I mean, you guys really shed a lot of light on uh, on the on the subject and the process. And of course, from uh, Broteri- uh, Blotarian Brewing League, Brotarian, Brotarian, because it was Brotarian. Uh, Hark Johnny, aka Hark Johnny, we really appreciate. We really pull that pre- clip. Right. Well, we, Edit. Will, we will be pulling that clip. If uh, I may, I'd like to just throw Jai-Yin. out a home brew event coming out uh, yeah, sure. on November 14th, the same day. Uh, if you want to watch some brewing going on, we're going to be starting uh, around 9 o'clock in the morning. Uh, details are on our website, nkyhomebrews.org, but we're doing uh, what we're calling Iron Mash. Uh, which is a playoff of Iron Chef. A lot of homebrew clubs oh, have done it. So neat. secret ingredients, uh, that should be a lot of fun. Um, that and fun. There, should be, there should be an announcement upcoming uh, <laughs> sometime within the next month. Our cuisine! <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to do a, another major competition in January, so look for an announcement on that coming out in about the next month. Fantastic. And uh, Blotarians, again, a little website or phone number, contact? Blotarian.com. Uh, on Twitter at BBL Minister or look up Lotarian Brewing League on Facebook. Uh, we always do our main club competition in May called Lotarian Open. And then, of course, there's this little thing called Beer and Sweat in August. It is the largest by volume keg only homebrew competition, no bottles allowed. Uh, in past years, we've had over 300 kegged entries of homebrew. Wow. Uh, they get judged in the afternoon, and then the evening turns into a little bit of a party. I would think. Where you can sample any and all, if you can make it all, of the kegs <laughs> on tap. 
And if you've never been, you're missing one of the best Absolutely. beer events of Absolutely. the year uh, in our area or really anywhere that I've been to. Oh, yeah. yeah. Beer and sweat. Uh, we'll have it's, to have, hel- it's held at a hotel for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to have everybody back on, and, and when, when that rolls around again, let us know, and, and we'll have you guys back on, promote the event, and uh, we, we'd certainly like to be involved in any way, and any help we can give you guys, we'd certainly love to do it. That'd be Sounds great. great. Yeah. That'd be and terrific. Got to give a shout-out to the other home brewing clubs, Cincinnati Absolutely. Malt Infusers and MASH up in Middletown. And, and uh, we have a, actually a brother club, um, Delhi Mashers, uh, for anybody in the Delhi area uh, that kind of spun out um, and do things the way kind of way we do. So there's uh, there's another option, even more localized. Uh, a handful of guys out there that, yeah, so uh, that are, are doing good stuff. Those are some of the local options. If you are not local or looking for a homebrew club, go to the American Home Brewers Association website. You can do a search and put in your location, and they will help you find a local home. That's, ac- that's excellent yep. because we may have people listening from all over the world. So I'm sure uh, that, that that that's a great that's a great resource for anybody. Uh, and if you do have a club, make sure you're signed up with the AHA so that people can find you. Excellent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good point. All right. Gentlemen, thanks again. It was a fantastic show. When we go an hour and 45 minutes, we know we've got a damn good show, so <laughs> so we're real happy with it. Uh, Tina, Oakley Pub and Grill, what, now, the, now the thing was going on, the uh, the Flip Cup. We have our Flip the, Cup tournament on Saturday, but I will not be working okay. because I will be at the soft open of my new bar, Overlook Lodge, in Pleasant Ridge. Um, that is Halloween night. Don't come because we haven't been invited to the soft open, but we are <laughs> opening next week, and um, I had my first day of training today so it's going to be some really cool cocktail menus um we've got six taps 25 uh bottles and canned beer um and probably the best bartender in the land so um that would be you that's me so um it's it's going to be a lot of fun i'm really excited she makes a mean bloody mary let me tell you yeah um uh, our bloody mary is at overlook lodge you're going to be topped with a all-american beer lager foam all American beer lot. That's what? what it says on the next. Oh, okay. I see. On the, on, on, on I see. The, what, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, but so that's gonna be a lot of fun. So hopefully everybody will come on out to that. Gnome. Thegnarlygnome.com. Go check it out. Show notes coming on Wednesday. We're gonna post this show tomorrow. Once again, for all my colleagues, including Angie Cisneros, our social media director, Tina Cisneros, and the Gnarly Gnome. My name is Mike Cisneros. You've been listening and watching Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Thank you, Paris. Homebrews are never long-winded, are we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tomorrow, I'm going, God, we never shut up.